Hi, I'm Dr. Wamboi, and welcome to the Drag Chat. I think that the human body is intricately created, making us one of the most amazing living things on earth. In this podcast, we explore how the body works and then apply the drugs. My hope is that with this knowledge, we become better healthcare providers, whatever field of medicine you may be in, better caregivers to our patients or to ourselves. We do take medicines from time to time, don't we? All right, let's break it down. Hello, and I hope, my dear podcast listeners, that you're doing excellente. Welcome back to the second class of the antihypertensive drugs. And today we'll be looking at a class called the angiotensin, converting enzyme inhibitors. But nobody ever calls them in full. We just refer to them as ACE inhibitors. Um, it's an interesting class to me because you know that song of, and the leg bone connects to the hip bone. That's how I feel like this works. <laughs> anyway, let's get started, right? Angiotensin, let's start with the first thing on that name. What is angiotensin, you ask? Put simply, it is a hormone. And remember what hormones are? They are messengers. They travel throughout the body from one place to another, taking messages of what the other person needs to be doing, right? Okay. So angiotensin is a hormone. And the message that angiotensin carries is twofold. One, it tells your body, we need to increase blood pressure. And then it tells the body how to increase this blood pressure. How about we narrow the blood vessels? If we narrow the blood vessels, then the pressure of blood rushing through the vessels is going to be high, right? The second message they carry, they go down to the adrenal glands. Remember the adrenal glands are those two that sit on top of the kidneys? Okay, so they go to the adrenal glands and they tell the adrenal adrenal glands, please release some aldosterone. When the aldosterone is released, then what it does is the amount of sodium or salt increases in your bloodstream. So it tells, so aldosterone goes to your um, blood vessels and says, we need to increase the blood volume or the blood that's in, in these vessels. How do we do that? How about we put sodium inside? Why does that help? Now, this is a part I, only, I want you to always remember. Where sodium goes, water follows, okay? So if the sodium gets into the blood vessels, well, guess what? The water follows and the blood volume goes up. All right. So we don't pee it out. Okay. So now we know what angiotensin is and what it does. Now we come to this part that's talking about converting enzyme. Let's not talk about the inhibitor yet. Okay. So remember what an enzyme is? An enzyme is um, something that makes a reaction go faster. In science speak, it's a catalyzer. It's making some, some process, some reaction to go faster. In this case, this enzyme catalyzes the conversion of angiotensin. Because remember, it's angiotensin converting enzyme. So, of course, you're wondering what is being converted. 
yes, it's not a crusade. Well, in the making of angiotensin, the process on a normal working day in your body starts with angiotensinogen that is made by your liver. So your liver makes antio, antio, uh, angiotensinogen, right? And then, and this is the part I'm talking about how everybody works together, the kidneys gets into the game because the kidney produces some, another hormone called renin. And renin's job is to take the angiotensinogen and cleave it. Now this cleaved angiotensinogen becomes angiotensin one. We're still not there yet. Stay with me, we're still not there yet. So angiotensin one then gets transformed into angiotensin two. By what? Drum roll please by angiotensin converting enzyme. And angiotensin, angiotensin two is the enzyme that is actually making that blood pressure go up. So the thing that we're trying, the thing that is working to make sure that this blood pressure goes up is angiotensin two. All right, so let's make sure, and this is what you'll see being called in your books when you look up the RAS system, the renin, angiotensin, aldosterone system, okay? So it starts with angiotensinogen in your liver, and then the angiotensinogen gets cleaved by renin to become angiotensin 1. And angiotensin 1 becomes angiotensin 2 because of this wonderful enzyme that does the conversion. Now that we know all this stuff, let's go back to our hypertensive patient. So these wonderful scientists, they thought to themselves, self, we've been given the job to decrease the blood pressure in this hypertensive patient. And the one way when I look at this RAS system is that if I could just get angiotensin 2 out of the game, then we are home and dry, we are good, that blood pressure is going to go down. And the way to make sure that this happens is how about we kick out this enzyme? If there's no enzyme, I don't care what every other person does, aldosterone or whoever, if there is no enzyme, then angiotensin 2, which is the one that's causing all this blood pressure to go up, is not going to be in the game. And voila, that's what they did. They made this wonderful drugs that their sole purpose is to inhibit the making of angiotensin 2. That little part where we're going from angiotensin 1 to angiotensin 2, just imagine a red big X on that. All right. So, so what are some of the examples of these ACE inhibitors? This benazapril, captopril, enalapril, fasinopril, lysinopril, moexipril, prendipril, prenindopril, quinopril, ramipril, trandolopril. So they all end in pril, okay? And those are the ACE inhibitors. And you'll see them used in heart failure. You'll see them used in acute coronary syndrome. And of course, in this hypertension, we are talking about and many other disease states that um, it's a versatile drug, okay? And in hypertension particularly, it is one of the classes that is recommended for initial therapy uh, when treating high blood pressure. So I hope we are clear on how these drugs work. You've seen how on a normal day, 
why this angiotensin exists and how with a patient that is hypertensive, how we are Xing out this angiotensin too, so that our blood pressure can come down. There's no blood volume that goes up. There's no narrowing of uh, blood vessels and the salt is not getting reabsorbed back into your bloodstream. All right, good. Now that we know how that works, let's talk about the side effects of um, this class, ACE inhibitors. The first one I'll talk about is dry cough. This is one of the common ones. And in fact, it many times it has necessitated the switching to another class. And the reason why this dry cough should be a concern to you is that it's going to be so irritating to your patient. And guess what they're going to do? Just stop taking the drug. So non-adherence. And then especially because they didn't know, in fact, they'll start saying this thing just causes me to have this dry cough, right? Non-adherence and their disease progresses. So that's a big reason why to pay attention to this dry cough. Hyperkalemia. Not everyone gets this, but I would recommend to monitor the potassium level, especially at initiation of therapy, um, just to make sure that now we don't start introducing other problems with your heart because you have too much potassium in your body. Uh, the other common ones are fatigue, dizziness, and headaches. There are some less common ones like the loss of taste, upset stomach, nausea, and rush. But always remember with side effects, it's better to prepare your patients on what to expect so that you don't run into the problem, like I said, with dry cough of non-adherence and so that um, they can know it will go away with, with time. But when it comes also to drug interactions, an important one that I'll talk about is the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. You know, the drugs like ibuprofen, you occasionally patients will take them for pain or fever or whatever. Now, the thing to keep in mind is that ibuprofen decreases the effectiveness of ACE inhibitors. So if your patient, now I'm not talking about that patient that takes an occasional NSAID an occasional ibuprofen for pain. That's not the person I'm talking about. I'm talking about that one that regularly takes NSAIDs, made um, before their osteoarthritis or their, you know, whatever it is that it's making them take NSAIDs regularly. Those are the ones I'm concerned about because it's going to decrease the effectiveness of their ACE inhibitor so their blood pressure is not controlled. And the disease is going to progress and that's not what we want. So it's important to talk to them about that, especially for those, one, those ones that take it regularly. And, you know, as a healthcare professional, if you don't bring it up, then sometimes you, you will not even know that this is something that they do regularly. Okay. So when it comes to contraindications, two groups of people I'm going to talk about. First, pregnant women. Uh, yeah, obviously they're women, right? Okay. So pregnancy, <laughs> because... ACE inhibitors increase the risk of birth defects. So if your patient is a pregnant woman, uh, switch them out of ACE inhibitors, all right? Another group of patients is if the reason your patient is hypertensive is because they have bilateral renal artery stenosis. Stenosis, let's first define what, that in, the, what in the world that means. Stenosis means a narrowing of both arteries that carry blood to your kidneys. Because on a regular day, if you have 
renal bilateral renal artery stenosis, the message that your kidney is sensing is that, huh, there's less blood in here reaching me. I guess it's because our blood pressure is low. And because your kidneys are geniuses, they release hormones that are going to increase blood pressure. And what is one of these hormones that they'll try and increase? You got it, ACE, angiotensin, correct? Well, if you give an ACE inhibitor, then that blood pressure remains low, and this will eventually lead to kidney damage. And here comes end-stage renal disease, okay? So if your patient has bilateral renal artery stenosis, which is the narrowing of those arteries, uh, please put them on something else, all right? Now, the more severe ones are angioedema, which is life, which is a life-threatening airway swelling and obstruction, and jaundice, which is an indication that something is not right with your liver and um, any allergic reactions, okay? So those are the ACE inhibitors and some of the things that I thought would be important when you're talking to your patient and counseling them so that they're better adherent to their medications and we do not have disease progression. All right. So until next time for the next class, keep uh, inquisitive, right? Okay. <laughs> I am Dr. Wamboy, and thanks for listening to this episode of The Drug Chat. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, and remember to share with your friends. Until next time, stay inquisitive. Bye.